Hey, well, welcome everybody, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the Miles Driven Podcast. Um, today, we're going to start with an apology, actually, first off, and that was that the recording on the first couple of podcasts did sound a little bit off. Uh, we did try and do some editing, or as much as we could, but um, if uh, if you've listened to the first two, and this one is sounding quite a bit different, then that's the reason why, and hopefully we'll stick with this sort of level of the sound quality going forward. So just a quick apology there, but thank you for continuing to join with us. Uh, obviously, if you haven't listened to us before, I'm Miles, uh, and I've got... Sam. Yeah. Yeah, giving <laughs> you the same sort of uh, sprightly jump in of his name as he did on the first two podcasts. <laughs> um, now today we're going to do, it's a sort of a pullover from the last podcast of £10,000 cars. Um, I'm going to start though with a little bit of news, which is a uh, new Ford Mustang, which has, um, 2023 we're expected to see this Mustang, and it's been seen now sort of testing out in the wild. Uh, at the minute it's looking like it will have a V8, but quite quite likely it's going to have a V8 hybrid of some sort. I would guess in the US they probably will just get a, uh, a normal NAS rated V8 as a, as a sort of entry level, and then... They can have, you know, electrified ones will come in. For Europe, uh, Ford haven't confirmed whether the next Mustang will come to Europe, um, which was a bit of a shame. I'm hoping maybe in the next day or two that that will change and we'll get some some news and uh, well, we'll understand a little bit better what's going on there. But if they do bring it, I, I very much doubt we'll get uh, just a naturally aspirated V8. I think it will be most likely a, a hybrid of some sort to get through some of the EU cycle emissions that are going to be coming up in the next few years. But um looks like a pretty good car. They're, they're, they're not saying anything about prices at the moment, but um, just, just thought I'd, I'd put that one out there at the start. Um, and uh, we can go for there onto the, the 10K cars. Yeah, something that I brought up in the last podcast, uh, can you get anything decent and fun for under £10,000? Um, I'm going to stick with no. But Mars will no doubt come up with a load of stuff that you can have. I think I think we've got a few. Uh, I've, I've, got, got, a I've, few got, I've got a few. The the, tra- oh. the challenge, the big challenge was ten grand less than ten years old and fun. Yeah, that I mean, that seemed to be where both of us started to struggle. But we'll we'll go through the list as we've got them. Yeah, but I mean, I've got a list in front of me. I mean, I've I've concentrated on the hatchbacks. Mars has gone more saloons and coupes, or coupes. Coupes, coupes, whatever you want to say. Um, so we'll start off with the two that I found, which I think you can probably guess if you listen to the last couple of podcasts, would be a 2001 Audi S3. So that's the 8L chassis. Yeah, 43,000 miles, £8,990. This is one that you found for sale? Yes. So we did have a couple of rules on this £10,000 car, and that was that you had to be able to buy it, tax it, and give it a first service yeah. for under £10,000. So there was a couple of things that we found just scratching into the... Uh, what, was it? what was the one I found that was just into 10000 but it was not all the nines? Oh, I can't remember now. It was a Polo, Polo GTI yes, with was, a 1.8. But it was literally 9.95. It was all the nines, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it was a bit of mileage as well. So, yeah, we, we couldn't include that one. But, okay. So, so we've got the Audi S3 for me. Which, I, which, which I think people forget. Is it? I mean, I'd, I'd buy it. I'm not sure I'd buy it for nine grand, though. No, in my head, it's sort of a... I suppose it's difficult, because what was the mileage on that one that you'd seen? That's 43. So it's quite low. Low mileage. I mean, the ones I look at of those usually are about four grand, and I've got 110,000. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I had one of these about over a decade ago. You did, which you should have kept. I 100% should have kept. That car was driven away, and as it was driving away... By the new owner who had a big smile on his face, I was left crying. I, 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 you know, sometimes you think, "Why did I sell that car? Like, why? Why am I? St- why am I stood here, carless? And why is he? I've got some cash, great, but I've got nothing else I actually want but that car that's driving away up the road." That's unusual for you. Usually, you are left going, "Why have I bought this car?" And the yes. person is left on their driveway yes. going, "I finally got rid of that car." Maybe that holding was... some cash and running inside and bolting the door. Maybe that was the beginning of the. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's the downhills. It was a good car. I mean, it was. It, it was quick. Uh, we we did a. Do you remember we went on holiday? Yes. We did, we did a very very long run, which was where were we staying? We did Devon to Leeds. 
Was so, that longest run? Yes. And that's so we went Northampton, Devon, Devon, Leeds, and then I went Leeds, Northampton, Northampton, Leeds, Leeds, Northampton, was because it? you'd forgot to tax your car. And you had to come back to Northampton. On the way back, we, we, it was a, a bit of a boys' weekend, and uh, I, I think I was, I was in a different room to you. Yes. And uh, I woke up and said to our other mate, I don't think I've got tax on my car. Fortunately, I was parked in a multi-storey, um, sort of, you know, no, no one was going to notice the car was untaxed, but it had clipped over. I think it was the second of the month or the first yeah. of the month. And it was just this sudden realisation of, I, I called up the tax office and I said, I don't have a V5 with me. I am 100 miles away from where I live. Is it possible that uh, I can tax this car? Or, you know, I just want to give you some money. I want to be able to drive home. And they weren't interested. They really weren't interested. They were like, it's your problem. And I was thinking, I'm trying to do the right thing here. I, I really yeah. don't want... And in the end, yeah, the only solution was... <laughs> drive to Northampton. You to drive to me to Northampton to get the logbook, to then drive back to Leeds to then tax it and get going. But I, ironically, with no oil in my car. As we would later find <laughs> out, yes. But, Story for another day. But it was but... a good car. It, it, on that run, it did very high 30s. Mile per, mile per gallon, just cruising along. My focus didn't. No, <laughs> no. But then it was having uh, to make up for having no oil in the engine. Um, it was, it was fun. I, I would say, there's that generation of Audi. There was sort of a limitation of fun. You remember we used to go out in it, and there would be a point where you 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 had a lot of torque surge mm -hmm. of power, but putting it down a fast lane, you yeah. could enjoy it. But there were better cars for enjoying yeah. that particular road. But if you just wanted something that was quick, good looking, made the right noises, because it was quite subtle. Comfortable. Very comfortable. Because it has Recaro as a standard. Um, well, I, I'd buy one now. Like I, I, said, I just would want that, another one. For but, that money. but I would want another one because I, re, I, I so regret seeing that one I had drive away. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, I think when I sold mine, so this is, it would have been a, eight or nine year old car and I think it it I it was going for five or six thousand pounds I think it, it had it had a lot more mileage than that it did um, but it probably had a hundred thousand because you'd put all the mileage yes but uh but even so to think we're oh, 13 14 mm. years later and a clean one yes yeah. is, is uh there's an argument to say though, that yours would have been so high mileage now that you wouldn't have got anything for it anyway I mean you still have got a few thousand pounds but I don't it would have been worth its value in parts, yeah. more so than its value in. I mean, it would have been a car that you'd just run. Depending on done with it, possibly if if it, someone had spent the money. I mean, if or if I'd spent the money to really go through the idea of a, a rebuild. Yeah, but then you're putting it. I mean, at that point, uh, yeah. Now, yeah, it's. Um, but no, it was a good car. It I, was. It didn't. It did have a few issues. I remember the power steering fluid. Do you remember? You were following me out of the multi-story car park one day and you said, yes. you've got something leaking out the bottom of your car and I don't know what it is. <laughs> and then the power steering just got incredibly heavy. We put um, two and two together with that one. That, yeah, it was quite easy to yeah, on that one. Uh, and I had to get uh, one of the mechanics from where I worked. And he was very good about it. I mean, I called him. I, I, I said, <laughs> I've got to the pub. If I stay here, can you fix it? And he, he was able to get the part, take the car to his workshop, fix it and bring it back for me all while I was at the pub. Yeah, that's good. Is, uh, yeah, it's um, really good to have a good mechanic. But a couple of other things that did go wrong with it, just that were expensive. I think that was the thing: is that that age, maybe now, maybe bigger parts, you'd go to scrap yards and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think the diver cast for you when you decided to buy an a one point eight SRI Astro and just have that on your driveway, whilst you had the S three on the street. Yes, I think your die was cast with car choices. Yes. I loved that course, though. Very and, and ironically, never drove the Astra. The Astra that I bought afterwards. Yeah, yeah no, because I got a company car, <laughs> and it just sat there for three months, and then I sold it because I was like, I've, I've got yeah. Anyway, so that's that's one of them. I think we'll we'll probably shoot through the the available hot hatches and move on to the coupes and the saloons soon. But I mean, the only other one I found that I would buy was a uh, an Arden Blue Vauxhall Astra VXR, which I think everybody could have predicted. Yeah, listen to the last two podcasts. Yeah, that one was eight nine nine five, which seems quite high on an 08 plate. Yeah, but it only had one owner from new and had thirty seven thousand miles on it. So 
if you wanted that car and were willing to spend money and you really wanted a VXR, that yep. could be one of the ones to go for. It was very clean. Just service, just MOT'd. Yep. New tyres, cam belt, all this sort of stuff. And it doesn't obviously, the cam belt, so it doesn't need to be done. But And it would be a facelift model, so it would have a push button start. Yeah. So, but I mean, there are other ones that we did say we briefly ran through before we started, didn't we? So Go you on. could get obviously like a Civic Type R. Civic Type R, you could get either the EP3 shape yeah, or so the FM2. So that's basically everything ones. from 2001 to 2011 yeah. you could get in there. But again, we could mention all these, but these are all over 10 years old, which is what my point was on the last show. Did, did we find one? Did we find one? You did. And I can't remember. Um, was, McGann. I don't think I yes, you did. You found a McGann, but it was. A McGann Renault Sport, and it was, it was nine one. and a half. Yeah, but it was only one. It was just it was one found, of them yeah. with 95,000 miles on it. Oh, and a Seat Leon Cooper. Yes, you found one Cooper. But I think actually, now that I think of it, it Flame Red. Flame Red, three door, 95,000 miles, 2014. Yeah. And but with 200,000 miles. Do you want to spend 10 grand on a car that's got 100,000 miles? Mileage doesn't scare me. No, but if you're thinking, so if you're, right. I'm just thinking if you're spe- if you're going to spend ten grand as yes. a younger people, remember we're talking about younger people here, not necessarily us. Yes, but slightly younger. Which was if my you're point. 25 and you've saved up, for example, yeah. and you've got ten thousand pounds to spend, do you want to buy a hundred thousand mile Cupra? That I'm yeah. looking at it isn't yes. You could go and you could go and finance anything at the age of 23, 24. Yeah. If you are looking at buying a house. Yeah, and having a nice car, or yeah. a fast car, an enjoyable car. Something you that don't want to finance a car because the mortgage company will look at you and go, "Can you afford both of them?" Probably not. They don't tend to like it if you've got a car finance when you go to do that. So, at that age, when you're, yeah. you're probably a bit limited on income as well. Yeah. yeah. No, so, yeah. so I would say still, hot hatch wise, is a no. Um, the point is that that stuff isn't being catered for for the the demographic is actually aimed at i think prices have got high and there's a multitude of reasons for that which we will in another podcast we'll talk about rising prices and reasons for it um particularly i mean we know electric cars are, are more expensive because yeah. batteries are so expensive but yeah I, I i mean i do take your point with hot hatches that when when i think when we were uh so if we if we went back 10 years ago from now and I think if I had walked around where I worked, if we'd had a wander around there together, yeah, and you'd said to me, Miles, I've got ten thousand pounds in my back pocket, and I don't want finance. I you think I, something. I think I could have found you a car, and, and probably um, something like a Focus ST, yeah, which would have been five or six years old. I think maybe maybe a fifty thousand mile one, so one that's not the lowest of mileage, but. No, I think 50 is good. I think 50 is sort of a cut-off point for that sort of expenditure. I, I sort of have a, a picture in my head. One of the guys I worked with actually did that. He was uh, mid to late 20s, wanted something fast. He had ruined his credit history as a young lad, as, as some uh, guys do, and um, and slowly built it back up. And he would sort of said, I want to buy a car on finance. But he set himself a hard limit of ten grand for the reasons we're talking about. He yeah. wanted to buy a car, uh, sorry, buy a house, and I'm pretty sure he managed to. I remember him buying a black Focus ST, ST2, yeah, uh, so the cloth interior, but he still had you know heated screen and yeah. Sony head unit and it was it's a good compromise. Um, and I think it was a whisper below ten grand with say sixty thousand miles on it, and he was yeah. very happy with that. And that car was a two thousand and six. We're talking, so it's been five a five year old car, which well, that's not bad. I I even looked and I thought I was going to trump you with this, and I was going to say, well, you haven't looked for small enough cars. Um, I had a quick look for up GTIs. Yeah. Uh, up GTIs are still twelve thousand pounds. Oh, one I will chuck in. You could get for very cheap if you wanted to. It is a Mini Cooper S. Like yes, the, super, the supercharged one. You could get that for. You can find those for. Below three. Yes, you can. And, and and a really good one, five or six. The problem is you're old. I mean, it's what yeah. the 06 is the 56 yeah, plates of the newest. Just a, that was just a quick chuck-in. Uh, and the problem is if you said, well, you could actually afford the newer ones, the turbocharged 1.6s, yeah. but they are known for having... They're the, the engine that BMW did, but it had a cam chain issue, I think a turbo issue, which... You know, you could get fortunate or it could be recalled or maybe you don't get one that had the problems because, like always with these things, 
there'll be a lot on the internet that are talked about. Yeah, of course. There won't be so many that they're actually um, in that condition. But you're not going to take a risk on it, are you? No. But I mean, that's. I mean, feel free to let us know if you think. Yeah, if, if you, you think, think of any yeah. other hot hatches. But I think for now we'll move on to coupes. But or yeah, coupes. But just to remember the rules, if you if you're sat there and you're just sort of staring at the ceiling or you're driving along and you're thinking, oh, I think I could think of something. So ten thousand pounds, but you need to be taxing it and including a service and a first service yeah. unless you find one for sale that's had Ends that service yeah. then and there. So let's say a nine and a half thousand pound car is sort of your, your limit because taxing will be about three hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, obviously, you can't find one that needs a load of work doing. It needs a cam belt. It needs tires. It needs yeah. Because then you're just going into yeah. the never and ever of well, I think I, it would cost. Well, I mean, you can, but you need to find one for for seven grand. Yes, <laughs> and do all that stuff to it. But uh, honourable mention for a Golf R32 because I really liked the R32s. But I mean, we're talking old and uh, just such a grand, great, great sound. But. But I am going to drag you into the next category now. Otherwise, we are going to be a two-hour podcast this time. So this is more into your forte. Coupes? Yeah. You still say coupes, I believe. Coupes. Coupes, coupes, depends what sort of day it is. Yeah. Sort of getting into the friends, Porsche, Porsche. Yeah. Um, This is more yours, and I've got got your list in front of me. But I'll start you off with a couple of what you said. So I've got, I'll save and you can run through them. You've got a 350Z. So 350Z you could get... A uh, pretty good one for under ten thousand um, pounds, and you could probably get a. So there's a problem. There is a little bit of a problem with the three fifty Z. If you want the facelift ones, which are probably the ones you want, a little bit more power, just a little bit nicer. Um, from memory, they are five hundred fifty pounds a year to tax. Okay, so you're down to nine and a half already. Yes. Um, and you and you've got to pay that every year. Now yeah. you could find the two thousand and five. A very very early two thousand and six. It doesn't put me off as much as it does you. The five hundred pounds a year. I don't tax. know what it is about taxing a car because if it, you think about it, it's only then fifty pound a month. Yeah, you know, I just there I just about. resent the idea of fifty pounds a month. But if you found of. a car that you really loved and it, it is uh, fifty pound is fifty pound. I'm not I'm not saying no, no, saying no, no, fifty pound no, isn't an not. amount of money. Yeah, but you it for you it's a it's a. It's a no-go from the back. Someone could offer you one for 50 pence, <laughs> but if it's in the £500 a year tax bracket, you said no, thank you. Uh, I don't know what it is about very high tax rates on cars. I suppose I just have, inside me, I just have a resistance. I, I think they shouldn't be charged at those rates. And so I, I sort of, but then I know there's some cars, uh, E92 M3, for example, which is won't fall into this um, bracket, but it's a car that... No, uh, well, one that's maybe in half. <laughs> um, Even then, you're probably still going to get around the ten yes. for that. But that, that, yeah, that's that's up in the top tax band, and I, and I, I'd probably just accept it. But then I don't know if I would. I'd always it always irked me a little bit, and particularly if I paid it one off, so that I at least didn't have to think about it. Yeah. That month, I'd be really yeah. annoyed, and I'd look at every pothole and every <laughs> bit of the road, and I know our road tax in the UK doesn't actually. Goes no, it's it's a tax on your emissions, and they spend it on other things, and then they say, "Oh well, we'll spend some of it on the roads in the yeah. future." And, but yeah. we'll, we'll up your council tax. To yes, to pay for the roads. To pay for the roads. <laughs> so you know, it's, it, there's just money pots moving around and around. Um, yeah, it, it does irk me a little bit. Well, going from high tax to high tax, your next one in your list is a Mazda RX-8. So right. I'm I'm going to put a no on that straight away. No, but I'm you carry on and try and make a case. For I'm it. going to defend the Mazda RX-8. Because, because I sold them when they were brand new. Um, brand new and not broken. The, well, not long before they were broken, but brand new, but yeah. they weren't broken when you sold them. Having, I know a lot of people who have driven them and they say they're gutless or they're, they're just no fun or they're just too expensive. They are expensive. They are as if someone said, I want to build the running costs of a very expensive Italian car <laughs> But I, but I don't want to make the very expensive car. I want to make it for the regular person. That's what. But it's that rotary engine. If if some, if you've been out there and you've never driven in a V8 or a V6 or you've never been in a V12, you'll always think, "I'd love to have a V12." The W16. You can buy a Phaeton. You can buy a Bentley Continental GT. That's pretty much it if you want a W12 engine. So there's certainly Bayman? W16. Oh, okay. And. If you've got Veyron money, then I think an RX-8... Well, yeah, no, I, was, I wasn't suggesting it was <laughs> going to fit into this at any point. Um, but having driven, particularly the R3s, 
which are the late models. They, they sort of facelifted the car. They're just, if you ever got them on a, on a fast flowing road where you can keep up at the top of the rev band and you, what you care about is can I go around this corner as quickly as possible with a very light feeling car, that's the car. If you are worried about maintenance because yes, engines do have problems and they have to be maintained meticulously. The argument that we always got from Mazda HQ when, when we sort of said, how do we deal with people saying to us they break, was people break them, the engines themselves could last forever. And Mazda really, really did believe that. And I will back them a little bit to, I think, if you had a racing team around you at all times, <laughs> that would be... Because, I mean, it won them on. Right, I will just caveat this with, you said if you maintain them. This is coming from the man that's just said, I don't want to spend £500 a year to tax my car. <laughs> yes. So you'd have to spend the £500 to tax the car. Six, and then more. I think, yeah, I think the government might say, I think it's 585 to right, tax well, that. So, okay. so it's a okay. no on the We can move on. So uh, the next one you've written has four lines of issues underneath it, which is BMW 335i. That would be the coupe that I would say, if you've got less than £10,000 and you want something fast, um with a couple of compromises, that would be the car. I can argue one, because there's one that you didn't write down that I don't know if you've forgotten. Go on. So I can argue your 335 with an Audi S5. The 4.2 V8 S5. Yeah, and that we one... can find a lot of them for under 10 grand. Um, All between 6, 9 to okay. above 10. So what we should probably limit is, what are you going to do with the car? If you buy a 335i on a, say, a 2007 plate for, say, £6,000, yeah. you could have 450 horsepower mm -hmm. if you could do a few modifications to it. Right. But you would also have to do quite a bit of maintenance work first, because I think they blow charge pipes, even as standard. Yeah, so you've got that. Um, and then something about the diff block. The, the, the really unfortunate, BMW were not stupid, and they realised that if they sold a 335i that had a diff that could be um, a, the, the with a limited slip diff, then people could just sort of remap the 335i's and be faster. And this is the mistake right, Audi okay. made. Audi released the RS4, which had a V8 engine, mm -hmm. 4.2 V8. This was the 7 generation from the top of my head. And they released an S4 that had a 3-litre supercharged engine. And people remapped their S4s. I think actually Chris Harris famously did this. He had a an estate S4 and he put it on a runway with his remapped S4, ran it up against an RS4 and they were just next to each other okay. and sort of said, well, that car next to me is £20,000 more, for example. And so BMW, to make sure that didn't happen, made it so you could not remove that diff without some serious mechanical work. Yeah. So... I think your S5 is actually probably a better call. Well, it's on an 07 as well. The one I found was an 07. Was it an 07? Yeah. yeah. But it it will be more to tax. If, 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 it, if it again, that really bothers you. It's a nicer looking car. Yeah. If you put them both together, if you put them next to each other, the Audi is a nicer looking car. Not that the BMW is not a nice looking car. No. It's just I the think, Audi is nice. I think if we were comparing E92 M3 and S5, then I think we could have more of a debate. Yeah. But I'm not going to argue that the 335i, um, even in a sort of M Sport tune, because, I mean, really, it looks like a 320 well, I think if you're, doing, if you're doing an M3, you're comparing it to an RS5. Yes, that's no. true. But, I mean, just on aesthetics. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Aesthetics-wise, if you were comparing an M3 to an S5... Mm, I'd say probably this 5 I just don't like I, that 3-series shape too much. I'd, I'd, I'd at least have the debate. Yeah. Um, whereas if it's a, a 335i in, say, M Sport trim... Then no S five all day yeah. long. So the only other one you've got written here is a three seventy Z. Yes, which I, you, I can see you've got them up in front of you. So I'm <laughs> guessing you want to touch on them slightly. No, I checked because I was desperate for them to be in budget, and um, they're not. Long and short. There's a hundred and fifty thousand mile one uh, on a two thousand and ten black edition on Auto Trader. So slightly above our fifty thousand mile limit. Well, we didn't have a mileage we limit, didn't, did we? We said roughly. 
Well, it's 150. Yeah. It's only, but it's Japanese. It's only, a, it's only triple <laughs> yes. what, we, what we're talking. So, um, but yeah, it just shy of nine thousand pound with 150 thousand on, and then the next ones you got to eleven thousand with 100 thousand miles on. Maybe uh, eBay. You probably could find one on eBay. Um, obviously, I've I've bought some stuff off eBay, which I I really just thought I might as well <laughs> spend 500 quid more and bought one off Auto Trader. But you know. Is there an argument for putting a Mercedes in this? No, Could. I'm not amazing with the letters. So I think that would be a CLK 55 AMG yeah. because I don't think the... Well, the C63 would certainly be out of oh, question. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, and the generation before that would be... There's no C-Class Coupe, so it would be a CLK. Right, okay. Um, I actually like the CLKs. I don't have anything against them at all, uh, especially... In an AMG no, if you work in a salon, they're not too bad. Well, they've got that that look about them, I suppose. But do you know what? If you've got an AMG one, then yeah, but you still look like a hairdresser. Well, so I'm going to, I'm going to retract then, my it, Mercedes comment. No, but then it depends if you care, because I don't care. I, no, I, yeah, I, you wouldn't. If someone saw me drive past them in a five and a half litre V8 and went, "Oh, he's a hairdresser," I wouldn't be like, "Oh, I'm wounded." <laughs> I would mm. carry the other car. I was going to add in there. And I just want to check as I say it because I think I think it might be too much money. But Audi TT, as you can tell, guys, we've put a lot of uh, pre-research into. This we, we did actually. We're, we're definitely what, not winging it as we what, go. What's on embarrassing some of these. for us is we spent quite a lot of time researching this, and then stuff comes up. As I mean, thinking. to be fair, we've spent the last probably two and a half, three hours talking about the podcast before we started it. Yes, because and we, we rattled through all of our research. Because on the, on that apology at the beginning, I, I really do have an appreciation for people that have been long term podcasting. It takes many, many, many hours, and I understand why people go to Patreon and all these sort of things to raise uh, money for doing it. Because if you release these regularly, um, it it's serious time that you have to put into them to to make them so. That I don't know. Can, I just I just turn up, speak for. Half an hour, an hour. Yeah, for, for some then. of us, it's a lot of work. For others, they just sort of again. show up, <laughs> say, what am I talking about today? And uh, and, <laughs> and off they go. Um, TTS, Audi TTS, it's in budget. It's a coupe. It's, uh, you, well, can, you, you could probably swap that, to be fair. If you turned up at work with your um, CLK, you, do you know could what? probably take the other hairdressers. The second you started <laughs> rattling on about hairdressers, <laughs> that's what me, that made me think. Um, but no, I think that would be all right, actually. Uh, you could get a sort of 2009 for £9,000 with £8,000. They are miles. quite nice. They're, they're, they're not too bad. Yeah. It's not like the original TT, which was horrifically ugly. Oh, I you liked know, that. No, no, I liked no. that one. Especially, it looks like the big caterpillar out of Bugs Life. I think that TT, and, I, and again, anyone listening who knows better, tell me, but I am almost sure that that generation TT was the first to have the 3.2 litre V6, which would go in the R32, and was first to have the DSG gearbox. The R32 on the Mark IV, I think, had the DSG gearbox. But as far as I'm aware, um, late 2003, you could have a DSG gearbox on that generation of TT. So it's got its place in history, if it's not for looks and everything else. I, I think, <laughs> it's definitely if, not in there for looks. <laughs> If, if anyone sure. if anyone um, knows any different, but I, I do remember quite a while ago having a look into that, and I'm almost certain it was the Audi TT that was the first to be produced uh, with the DSG, and I think the first to get was the uh, 3.2 V6. Wow, there you go. You heard it here, well, many years later after it came out. Yes, many late years after I had to First on the scene for historic knowledge. <laughs> um, Saloons? Yeah, because we're, we're done for coupes, th- aren't we? We're done with everything I've got written down. As as we said before, if you can think of anything, guys, and there's anything that you uh, it's it's a real shame that we're not. It is a real shame because there are saying. there are quite a few coupes that we're sort of jumping over. But we have got these rules of you've got to be able to service Weird, it. Otherwise, you end up on we, your trailer buying cars where you end yes. up buying a bay one. I mean, yeah. If we if we started adding in category write off cars, then we could be. Oh, you could get the, into anything with, so a, with a write off. We did have to set some rules. So yeah, if, again. Coops, if you can think of something um, else that is less than 10,000, including a service and uh, a year's tax. And a year's tax is a bit difficult with the Coops because they say you go, some of them are yeah. going to be the five, six hundred pound mark. Um, well, you're more excited about the next bracket. Saloons, yes. Which is the one you've gone to town on. I haven't even looked at this list yet. 
So do you want me to just go down the list, or do you want to start with anyone? As everyone can tell, this will be Sam's segment talking, as he's sounded so enthusiastic going into it. (laughs) Well, no, because my original idea was the hot hatches for the 10 grand, and I I arrived to three different brackets. Yes. To be fair to you as well, I I um I thought we'd jump over the first two first, come to hot hatches last, but okay, doesn't well, matter. that's all right, it's fine. It's just going in there in size cut in sizable cars order. Let me just work down the list. Yeah, go on, go with what you would go with. So, what I would go with of the list you've given me, off the top of my head, we'll work down the list. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one you've got is a Mondeo ST two twenty V six again, yeah. but. but Again, these are all older cars. They are all older cars. Unfortunately, there's two I don't things... I have had anything yet that's no, going to be... There's two things that I struggled with. If you think about fast saloons, and I'm not talking about the German stuff that is over budget. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, it, it actually is more difficult than you think to, to find stuff because a lot of saloons that were quick sort of... They got cut off at the end of yeah. 2000, 2008, 2009. Yeah, that's true. The ta- new tax brackets came in in 06 and that had really hurt those that had been in production beforehand and it meant for example the Monday OST which had uh well not a huge audience but it had a, a, it had re- a specific audience yes <laughs> and uh and it did have uh, people that would have bought the next Mondeo in ST well, of course I mean there's people that are still buy them now well they won't be able to buy them anymore because they're not selling them no they, they haven't well they haven't sold a Monday OST well, now for Mondeos anymore no even yeah oh yeah um, um, well, Monday, I think that's a good one just to just to kick off with. You can yeah. get it in a state form. Uh, there was a facelift uh, which had a six-speed gearbox. There was a pre-facelift with a five-speed. I remember looking at these once. People on forums seem to think the five-speed is stronger. I believe they've got a very plasticky interior. Again, they have. It's of the time. And a lot of them. It's very plasticky. A lot of them you will find will actually be ST one five five. So they'll be TD. CI. Yeah. Um, I remember there was a garage we used to go to uh, when I had the S3 and when I had a couple of other cars, and a chap there had a diesel one, which used to chuck a bit of black smoke out the back of it every time he started. But mm-hmm. he w- he was absolutely sure that there was nothing in the universe, including the space shuttle itself, <laughs> that was as quick as his Mondeo. But I mean, it was he loved that vehicle. I remember it just always, it didn't matter the month or the weather, it was shining in the yeah, corner. That's because everyone moved out of his way because they thought it was a policeman. That's why he thought it was the fastest thing they had. It was a Monday. Um, the second one you've got is a Mazda 6 MPS. Really like these cars and I think they're overshadowed. All wheel drive. I am, yes, the 2.3 engine is an early version of what eventually made it into the um, RS, the Focus RS. In the, in the newest generation and failed in the Focus RS in the newest generation. I think they, they produced about 265 horsepower in that trim and they don't have as many issues. The problem is um, outside of Mazda, finding specialists that will yeah. deal with them. But if you said to yourself, I want an all-wheel drive car and you, you haven't, you've got less than 10, you could probably pick one up for five or 6,000. I'll quickly, Leather, Bose sound system, heated yeah. seats. I'll quickly jump in and chuck the Mazda 3 MPS into the hot hatches as well. It's probably a little big to necessarily be a hot hatch, you know but what? I'd probably include it as a hatchback. The, Maz- the Maz- Oh yeah, it would be. Because you can get one of those and for I around seven. That, for good mileage. That might actually breach your 10 year for hot hatches. I reckon you could pick up a 2011. You carry on with your 6 and I'll have a quick look. Go on, what, what was my next on the list? The next one, I mean, the next tour is an, an S4 and a C55 AMG. I don't know if you want to skip those, just because they're we Germans. Sort of, we sort we, of mentioned the German cars. Well, we? we talked about the, that that engine would have been the CLK, so we talked about that. The S4 would be um, the 4.2 litre V8 in the B... Is it B5, B6? B6 um, shape, Audi S4. Uh, yeah, it'll be a B6. It will be expensive to tax, but it will give you... Isn't everything. <laughs> it will give you 300 and, uh, 340, 350 horsepower from the top of my head, um, all-wheel drive, and it will look very, very sensible. I, th- I think, actually, on that generation, it would be nearly impossible to tell it apart from a S-line, apart from different wheels and four exhausts poking out the yeah, back of it. Yeah, quite nice. Um, so, yeah, if you if you was one of those people that sort of you had... 
you know, up to 10,000 to spend on a fast saloon. Didn't necessarily really want to make a big deal of the fact of it because you've got names that are a bit, I don't know. Um, uh, unfortunately, anything that's over a 12 or 2012, we're looking at over 10. So it'd have to be a 2010. I found, I found one, which yeah. is 8,750, 2012. This is from Mazda 3 MPS. Yeah. So 2012 with 83,000 miles on it. Okay. So that would just about, but the rest of them, you're all looking around the sort of 12,000 mark. Yeah. Unless you go okay. 2010 and then you're down to sort of eight grand. But but to be fair to that Mazda 3 generation, it came out in 2009, you will be able to afford that generation for less than 10,000. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, I'm, I'm putting it in there because it's a car sure. I'd like yes. to own. I don't yeah. know if there's one here for 7,000. Um, again, um, car I've driven a lot. It's it's good fun. It's it's difficult. I would always, if someone said to me, I want a left field yeah. um, hot hatch, I'd say go and, go and have a drive of a Mazda 3 MPS. Not that great on fuel. Um, no, but if you're buying a hot hatch, it's not necessarily one of your criteria. No, it's not. It's, it's not exactly that. Good um, on fuel, is it? So You can't, just in case anyone's wondering, we did check and we did really look. You can't buy a Mark 7 Golf GTI. You can buy a Mark 6 Golf GTI because that would be the default. Yeah. But... Um, I've owned a Mark V Golf GTI. It was a good car. I this is all it. in current market as well, which is yes. so massively overinflated. These prices, if you listen to this a year after we've released it or six months after, maybe the prices would have normalised or maybe they'd have gone up even more. But um, Maybe you can't afford to buy any cars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we're all flying around on hoverboards. We don't know. But we did have a look at the Golf GTIs. I think we just decided that Mark Six Golf GTI just didn't interest us enough. I think we want the Mark Seven, and it's... Um, it was too much money. So. The next one you've got is one that I'm not too fussed about talking about too much. Is an Insignia VXR. Oh, I meant to because question. the Vauxhall Insignia is just a horrific car to drive. So you and I have different views on the Insignia because well, you I... may have driven a VXR or a higher performance one. I've driven a base spec, so we're talking. I don't 1. know. If it was, I think it was a 1.8 petrol, and I, it was a higher car that I had, and it was just awful. In every single way. I, I didn't enjoy one part of it. The driving position, the interior is miserable. It's got no power. It's not very nice to look at. If you've got an Insignia, I'm sorry. Um, but it's just not a good looking car. If you have a diesel Insignia, they feel very solid. Like they feel like you, you know, a, a snowstorm wouldn't knock them over. Yes, but it's true. However, it's, it's a very, it's your base spec company car. Yeah, which is what you had yeah. from the rental. So my experience is very, very different. We can go on on a slight tangent. I drove the uh, Holden Malibu, which is a Vauxhall Insignia with different front and rear bumpers and different, different car. No, no, it's it's a Vauxhall. I mean, genuinely, it's a Vauxhall Insignia with different front and rear bumpers and different front and rear lights. And I was in Australia and I drove that with a V6. Right, so it was a different car then at that point. Why? Because it's got different front and rear bumpers. It's yeah, got different it's the same chassis. Different engine. It, it did have an engine that, that isn't offered here. That's like saying I've got a Dacia outside, but it's all right because it's a good one because it's got a V8 in it. But you and your basic well, 1.6 Dacia, it's not very no, nice it, to drive, is it? No, it's a bit like saying I, I have bought a car in a market where I can have different engine options to you. Yes, but that's not what we've got in here. A v, it, even the so, VXR hasn't got a V6 in it. No, it hasn't. Uh, has it? Or has it? Yes, it has. Okay. Well, well, Sam, Sam's car <laughs> laid bare for you all there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, but I, I didn't mind that Malibu for for the long drive that I did. Uh, you can get, and actually, you can get quite a few Insignia VXRs um, with seventy, eighty thousand miles uh, around that sort of around the top end of the budget. But a few of them actually sneak into the eight thousand pounds with reasonable mileage. So, um, again. It's one of those cars that some people won't like. They'll think it doesn't look right or whatever else. But if you're just looking, if, if you're an enthusiast, car enthusiast that can look past just what other people think of a badge and everything else. and you just, oh, It's not about the badge, it's just the car. Is there, are there any enthusiasts of Vauxhall Insignias? Well, they'll be in forum. I bet, I, bet, I, I bet there is. I, I bet there is. I'd like them to get in touch. <laughs> I've got a few questions. Uh, anyone from the owners club that gets in touch, can you put all your comments towards Sam, not me? <laughs> I, I'm I, not I will one. happily take them and I will contact you back and talk to you about why you have set up an owners club for a Vauxhall insignia. 
Um, so swiftly moving on. Yes. <laughs> before we lose all of our yeah, many, everyone, many, everyone, many thousands of listeners. Everyone's turned off. Yeah. Um, Alpha one five nine. I think we can both agree that that's. Yes. I, I had a look. They are in budget. With the three point two. Yeah. Which is uh, the... I couldn't find three point two. I could only find two point four. No, they do a two point two. A two point four is a diesel. They do a two point two JTS. Couldn't find any then. You couldn't find any with it. See, I wouldn't buy it. But you may have had to put the JTDM in as the model. No, JTTM is. We'll put it as a diesel. That's, that's probably diesel why you picked it yeah. out. Um, so if we said a one five nine, you wouldn't think I'd owned an Alpha. No. <laughs> it's quite, um, I'm fine I just put the. I'll let you have a look. I'll ju- I'm just going to run through the one that I don't think we're going to necessarily talk about too much. Is this is the Skoda VRS? I mean, I mean if you, it's, it's a nice enough car. Yeah, if you if I'd you take say it over an Insignia. Yeah, um, so would people I. will think you've replaced it. Yeah, so they will move that way. But especially if you buy it in black, quick saloon car. Like, yeah. Nothing too much more to say about it. It'll be capable. It'll it'll have. It's a it's a fairly down the middle of the road. Choice. Yeah. The, it'll have the it solid, it? if it has the um, if it doesn't have an EA triple eight uh, two liter turbo in it, it will have a few reliability issues that the Golf GTI share that basically you just have to get remedied. But some of them are if you're going to do it yourself, um, a bit of an arsehole to do. Yeah, and if you're going to pay someone to do it, it can get a little bit expensive. So normal people do pay for people to do things. Their cars. I might go to my friend's that. driveway yeah. and say to him, um, I'm leaving this here for a few months. Yeah. I promise I'll come and sort it out. <laughs> promise. It's just, unfortunately, some of us have managed to buy a house with a three-car driveway. So yeah, so you, make, do, you do have the ability to do that. It makes things turning up. Yeah, um, I actually can't find any. For, oh, here we go. Oh, he's in. Has he found one? Or are we going to have to save the day and move on? He's found one. I have found one. It's, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it is one, guys. It's just one. But I think that's just because they're rare. And it's a, a one five nine estate V six. Luso spec. Um, what is it? A 56 plate with 90,000 miles and it's 4,000 pounds. Yeah, so I mean, that's 15 years old now. It's got a 15 year old. miles, nearly 100. Uh, 89. Okay, so nearly 100. I'm just going to I'm gonna say no to that but one and we're going to move on. Lovely engine. That's yeah. the 3.2. Oh, yeah. Alpha's a nice car to own. Go on. Jag S Type R, uh, which I think we'd all agree is a nice. Yeah. A nice choice. Um, four, four point Jag is a jag at the end of the day. Supercharged engine. I had one truck. Uh, interesting. So I had one traded in when I was working at Mazda years ago for a brand new RX-8. Okay. Lovely guy. He was running. He was one of the managers for Transport for London's Underground. Okay. And I, I really, really warned him before he bought it. He was <laughs> selling his private plane. Uh, he had a small general aviation aircraft, and um, he was selling that because he wanted. Uh, he didn't, you know, didn't have the time to fly it anymore, or whatever the story was. And um, he came in. In a absolutely battered isn't the word. I think every single panel was scratched <laughs> through to the metal. Zafira. Oh, lovely! And he turned up in his joggers, and he was wandering around brand new cars. And as sad as it is that people judge people on how they look, yeah. everyone else walked away yeah. from him. And I thought he's looking at RX eights. I don't want to go and talk to people who are looking at Mazda threes. I want to. I want to talk yeah. to people, even if they could never afford to buy one in their wildest dreams. I want to talk to him. And he said to me, "Oh yeah, well, I'm quite I quite like these." And I showed my wife a picture yesterday, and she said, "I can buy one, but I have to get rid of my S Type R." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, well, do you want to bring it in? We'll have a quick look at it." He jumped in his Afira. My manager said he's never coming back. I said he's just been to the tip. That's why he looks <laughs> like that. And uh, he did. He came back two hours later, and an hour and a half after that, he bought the last ever that we sold from that dealer, RX8 R3. Okay. Um, but he did come back, and I did give him very strong warning. It's not going to drive like the S Type because the S Type app. We took it out yeah, together. It it had a, a lovely. It, it just soaked up the, the you know the suspension. If you got your sort of primary ride, secondary ride, it it really did sort yeah. of glide. Oh, I've done a journey from Northampton to Newcastle and back in one. Yeah, it was, okay. Yeah, it's just a nice relaxing journey um, to do. And that, that four point two mm-hmm. in in the S Type R, it supercharged engine, but it really has a lovely verbal to it. Yeah. But yeah, he came back three months later because he hadn't thought about it and commuted the commute he had to do two but days a week. No, his RX eight was fine, <laughs> <laughs> but he said it was worse on fuel than his S Type R, which which, which surprised <laughs> me actually. I didn't think it'd be that bad, um, but it was too uncomfortable for him. Right. And yeah. I had to tell him, and I did tell him at the time. That they depreciate heavily from yeah. new, 
I gave him a really thick discount because we were able to, and he understood it absolutely when I told him, look, it's you'll be losing thousands if I take it back yeah, now. If he's said if he's saying planes because he doesn't have time to fly it, I think he's not got too many. It, it, I don't think necessarily. It was yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't so much that. I think he just really wanted to get out of this car that he yeah. bought, and I, I felt a bit bad. As I couldn't offer anything else. So the last one we've got, which I know is a last minute edition for you, which was the Maserati Quattroporte. So which I think you must have found one, otherwise you wouldn't have bought it up. So Maserati Quattroporte, I had to do a story for this uh, for one of the publications that I do write, writing for, for their auction site. And so I got to go out in one uh, last summer. And if there was ever a car to me where you get to have, okay, Ferrari derived, Ferrari this, Ferrari that, the way that thing sounded was worth whatever you pay for it. Oh, Assume the rest of the car has been thrown in for free and you're <laughs> paying just for the engine and the noise it makes and then you'll forgive, I mean, other bits of this. Leather, th this car was an 80,000 mile, um, it was quite nice to look at, but it wasn't the cleanest example. And it drove lovely, the gearbox was a bit lurchy, um, but the sound... And what it reminded me of is that now super saloons, new M5s, new Mercedes, even the new Maseratis, they're just rockets. I mean, they just, yeah. your enjoyment level of, say, going along a street where you're coming from a 30 into a 60 is one second, and then you're there. And yeah. Which kind of makes it a bit pointless, doesn't it? It does. And in that thing, what you got was just this a few seconds of absolute engine and you didn't even want to get to the speed limit you wanted to lift and then go again yeah and it it just really drew out from you they're, they're not the best looking cars but certainly not size bad. wise yeah i mean well so it's all it's all subjective looks but um, there's a lot to be said for the cars being the best they can be in terms of performance but you'd rather go a little bit slower and have more fun yeah i i, I think i mean it, this this wasn't a slow car no, this is the thing. Also, what I'm saying is, you're not, you don't need a car that does 210 miles an hour. No, no, you're absolutely right. 1.2 seconds. Yeah, not that anything does that, but you know what I mean. It's if you can that, be quick. It's not your enjoyment when you, like you say, when you're driving out to a village yeah. and you've got a quick sprint to 60 or you know more realistically yeah. 70. Yeah, and then that's it. You just yeah. don't want something that's fun at that point, yeah. as opposed to something that gets it all over and done with. Because I think a lot of people forget that what ultimately happens is you give yourself more power, more power, more power. Now you're going faster and faster and faster. Yeah. And unless you are someone really committed to driving, you're now going along a country lane at speeds that you really shouldn't be. Yes. And your reaction time is gone. And well, so do you want to turn up to the pub with a with a, a stern face on, thinking you look cool? In your, and you've enjoyed in your yourself on all the way. Or do yeah. you want to turn up in in your quattroporte? Oh right, so look, you're saying. looking a yes. bit more relaxed with a smile on your face because yeah. you've driven there and had fun. Because you, even in the cold, you know, sort of spring evenings, you've still dropped the window yeah. and had a blast of cold air because you just want to hear that noise. Exhaust Whereas the man in the M5 has turned up. Right, he's turned up ten minutes before you. Yeah, but he's turned. But now up. he's waiting for you. <laughs> yes, and all he's done is listen to his music because that's all he's been doing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, I think, and just saying, look at me. Is he takes a tractor? And again, it's not. It's well outside of the budget here. But uh, E60 M5 was the car I loved because yes, V10. Nice it, you drove it. Now look, the newer M5s than that are much faster. Well, of course, but you still but, go back to that one. Oh, yeah, of course you would because there's never. I've, I've never been on it the road. Cool, I don't think I could ever be on the road from, from having driven that E60 M5, and I got to drive that one quite a few times. I can stop your sentence there. You didn't. You made a true statement there. You would never be on the road if you had that <laughs> car. You'd be in a field somewhere. But, but that, that, no, it's, it's a good point. I, I I didn't feel at any point that I would I was lacking power. Yeah. There was no oh, if I if I could just go half a second quicker on my run to seventy here, or if I could just get out of that corner. I never thought that. The whole every time I drove one, I thought, gosh, this sounds fantastic and this is just a nice place to be and and, it, and actually it was quite lithe it was that it's a little bit lighter than the newer generations it's still a heavy car yeah but for what it was it felt a little bit more willing to to dart down a, a country lane than it than the newer stuff which just feels like it wants to pummel its way through yeah exactly um so that's the consumer advice then yes. that's, that's the ten thousand. Turn, turn up 10 minutes earlier and be miserable turn up 10 minutes late and be happy 
I'd say to Buy anyone the listening, car. And, yeah, to, to anyone <laughs> it's listening, great advice. <laughs> but you know, it, it, you could apply this all the way along. Um, yes, when you're in a hot hatch territory, you want usually you want to have the quickest thing because you're starting from a lower base. If of you course, got, yeah, but it's it's a different set of parameters that you're looking at for that. Yeah, so. and you've got a lighter car, so you can get away with less horsepower, yeah. and and you're not trying to blast out an auto. And car. then you're in the realms of do you turn up at all, or, or are you in a field? Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we unfortunately we couldn't find uh, so Clio Renault Sport 200 that was yeah. in a less than 10k, which I think that would actually be a good buy. Um, won't, won't get you less than 10 years old because uh, they start to get a little bit collectible when they're low mileage. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems to be though that you are going to have to buy something that is 10 years old or, or, or older, and then you've got the pitfalls to look out for. So maybe it's worth at some point we'll touch on the pitfalls of the most popular ones in each bracket. Yeah. If someone's out there looking for a second hand, more, what are the things that you necessarily might not look for, but you should look for? Did we mention the five cylinder Focus ST? We didn't. Because that, I mean, that's, that's that to me yeah. was actually a standout. Yes. Uh, yeah. Not great for you. We over that, oddly. Ah, this is because you wrote the list. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, we did. We we looked for the newer ones and we couldn't yes. find the newer ones, but the original ones we But they're the five cylinder. Because, I mean, yeah. they're starting from sort of four grand. Yeah, and if you wanted so a you, facelift, yeah. part, um, it's it's like it's again, it's exactly the same as the the Astra. If you're going to spend ten, you'll get a really good example of an older car. Mm. You are buying an older car, but you're getting a good example of it. So, mm. if that's what you're looking for, and you're willing to spend the money, then that's great. Yeah. So, so that actually came out from your ranting corner that you did in one of our previous episodes. It did. You, you took See, the whole the whole section to. You think you think I'm here as some sort of? No, it spurned a whole podcast. Yeah. You see, you think I'm here just as uh, just the, the the whingy one in the corner, but yeah. I'm actually just the uh, a little bit of ideas. Yes, a bit of ideas, and, I, and then I do all the work. Yes, <laughs> seems good to me. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's we can, us for that we can one, end it there. Yeah, um, thank you everyone for for listening to this. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll have more podcasts coming the way, and hopefully, any sound quality issues that we did have in the first couple should now be resolved, and we'll continue with this. But. Um, do let us know if if you if you listen to every episode and you know we carry on and uh, you think well, actually it's still not quite up to scratch to to what some other podcasts is it's, it's we're not going to be quite at the level of uh, BBC no. or someone no, like that. No, I mean we haven't got a whole whole radio studio to go and no. do it. In. But um, in time, if we get popular enough, then we'll put a bit of investment to it. Hopefully, people yeah, we're will probably buy a radio studio, but we could buy. We could rent one. We could rent one. Or we mm-hmm. could make our own smaller studio, maybe. Yes, which is probably all what will happen to this room yes. that we're sat in right now. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening all. And, yeah, uh, cheers, guys. And we'll catch you on the next one.